Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out in your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. What Pastor Evan told me to talk about or asked me to talk about is he said this week we are to talk about aligning your mind. So we've been talking about changing your mind, changing your mind to what God says about you, aligning your mind to what the Bible says about you. Now, when he asked me to do this, um, you guys know I'm, I have a certain way that I deliver messages all together and I'm a very practical type person. So for me, I was thinking, okay, God says a whole lot about his family, about his kids. And I'm like, there ain't no way I can cover over 600 references to who God says you are when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. The Bible is overflowing with declarations about you. About you. I was like, wow, this is too many. So how do I even narrow it down? And I felt like what was supposed to be shared today is some of the ones that are the hardest to swallow. It's the most difficult for us to kind of accept because if we are honest with ourselves, a lot of times we are living in like an every day-to-day grind and sometimes God gets stuffed in there. But our everyday life is almost consumed with everything else. Social media is one thing, but everything else. You know, sometimes we're talking to friends too much. Sometimes we talk to mom too much. We got so much other stuff that's coming in that we have completely lost sight of who God says I am. Because whoever God says I am, I'm supposed to walk in that. It's supposed to be a part of the essence of who I am. You know, there was, um, when I was a child, uh, grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, primarily. Uh, We were out a couple years as my father went to Rainbow Bible Training Center. And when we were back in Memphis, we we were Church of God in Christ. That's who we were. Now, when he was at Rainbow, we were like, what did you call it, charismatic? Then we go back to Memphis, we are now Kojic. Now, that Church of God in Christ got them real thick traditions, Okay. At one point, you couldn't wear red lipstick, couldn't wear earrings, okay? Skirt had to be past your knees. I go visit my grandma. It's church tonight. What? It was church yesterday. Girl, throw the skirt on. And then here we go, going through the back cut alley, going to to the church. Well, one time I was with my family, and we were going to one of the more prominent churches, G.E. Patterson. Have you guys ever heard of G.E. Patterson, those? Oh, my goodness. And we would go in the church, and these people would stop my dad and they're like, hey, what's up, cousin? What's up? What's up, cousin? And I would turn to my mom and say, how is he a cousin? He's an only child. Uh Uh-oh. How are he a cousin? You know, back then, they don't talk to their kids. Be quiet. Just keep walking. They don't care what you think. I really try not to do that. I try. There are moments, I told myself the other day, I said, there was a time where a parent wouldn't tell you what was going on right now, you know? But I told him, just get in the car. We got to go doing this stuff to Goodwill. Just get in the car. Okay, whatever. So I'm like, how? Well, in my 20s, I came to find out that unfortunately, there was 
infidelity in the history of my family. My grandmother, who was a senior secretary in Church of God in Christ for decades, the mother of my father. Yeah. Hey, cousin. Hey, cousin. Everybody knows my father is one of the sons of G.E. Patterson. And I would talk to my dad, you know, in my adult life when I got past the unforgiveness of the crazy dude he was, my God, and all the pain he inflicted in our home and in our life. And he would say, yeah, because I'm an illegitimate child. That phrase struck me so heavy. It's already taken him decades to let it leave his mouth. And when he does... He says, I'm an illegitimate child? What? And then I start thinking, and there's something because the Holy Spirit brings that up to me. And it's been years since we've had the conversation where he finally admits, I mean, looks just like him. Finally admits where all this rejection came from in him. See, there are folks in this room And I know for sure the heaviness that many of us feel is because of rejection. We've been rejected by something. For some of us, oh, you not married yet? Oh, you don't got kids yet? You feel rejected by family. You got to walk right back up to them at Thanksgiving. Here we go. Some of us feel rejected at work partially because we're a believer in Christ. And we know we're different and we can't quite fit in. Some of us fit in a little bit too much. But the rejection of the things around us, some of us reject ourselves. We get in here, oh, I'm not good enough. I've done this or done that. If you only knew what I've done. Jesus was a friend to murderers. People, that's hard for us a lot to accept that if you could be sitting by someone who did the unspeakable, how would you react? Yes, people may reject you. God does not. He never will. So it doesn't matter what label you've given yourself. You're not illegitimate. You are not someone who is not deserving of God's love and grace. Everything you have been called to in life from something that may seem small to you that will impact something great, don't discount it. Don't discount you. So there's a couple references that are not completely unfamiliar to a lot of us, but God is saying, I need you to accept this place that I have for you. I need you to align your mind with what I've listed in the Bible and what I've said about who you are. After it's been said and you accept this word today, you then have to protect it. If you don't protect it, the grind will get you. That's the sermon right there. Somebody remind me later. The grind will come for you, especially if you are a parent. Can I get an amen? Lord Jesus, because their lives can take over, but God is supposed to be running things. How? 
Let's go to Ephesians 5. Let's go to Ephesians 5. And again, as we uh, turn there, I always say if you're using a, a tablet to um, in church, put your phone on do not disturb. Don't worry, you be on enough. You'll remember to take it off of that when, when church is over. But I always say that because it's something how just random people text you, notifications come out of nowhere, and then you're thinking about something else. And the one time you set aside to be in front of God in the week, right? So definitely be careful about that if you use tablets or electronic devices. Ephesians 5. And let's go to verse 25. And it says, hold on, let me get my little thing together. And it says, husbands. Everybody say husbands. Oh, Lord, did y'all hear somebody on that? Somebody over here said husbands. You know what? You know what? I ain't going to mess with you. Everybody say husbands. All right. Love your wives, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Y'all know it's my favorite because it breaks down the words within the words. And it says, husbands, love your wives, seek the highest good for her, and surround her with a caring, unselfish love. Now, the role of a husband in the household is specifically that to mimic God to his children, it says, just as Christ also loved the church and did what? Gave himself up for her. Verse 26, so that he might sanctify the church, having cleansed by the what? Washing of water. Here, water is referencing water of God, but also a reference of the Holy Spirit in your life. And then it says, with the word of God. So for me, when I see word of God, here's what I thought. I'm like, okay, I, I can't really mess with water. In youth the other night, uh, we did some game, and we are like squirting water guns in each other's faces. It was a whole thing, you know. I can't do water examples without really messing things up, so I have a lot of respect for it. But here's what came to mind for me when I read this. A lot of times, or I'll say this, picture yourself in a royal garment, a royal robe. Okay? You royal. Okay? God says you royal. Okay? There's a walk that comes with royalty, you know? You know, I don't know what it is. You know, I'm a little knock knee partially, you know. But you got to walk like you royal, right? And then the Bible says that there is a love and a sacrifice that's given that made you this royal person. But then he says that he might sanctify Y'all heard that phrase, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. But here, when he says that he might sanctify the church, that's why he gave everything up for it. Sanctification is a process. It's not an instant thing. It's one of the only things that doesn't automatically come when you accept Jesus. Sanctification does not just happen. He goes on to share the process there is a cleansing that happens to sanctify. And it's done with washing of water and with the word of God. The water of the Holy Spirit, the word of God, is the soap. Many times in our royalty in Jesus Christ, we may think because we are walking with the Holy Spirit, you feel his nudging in the day. Oh, man, I knew I was supposed to do that. I knew I was supposed to do that. And you're like, oh, God, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Now, the life you have other than those moments may not look the way God wants them to. 
But because you feel the water of the Holy Spirit or the water in the Holy Spirit with you, you may think that's enough. But the Bible clearly says that the word of God is a part of that process of sanctification. Where's your soap? You're not really getting clean with just water. The Holy Spirit was a gift given to you when you accepted Jesus Christ. But the process of getting cleaned up comes from the word of God. So when you're with your royal self, if you are living without the word of God, you will find yourself feeling further and further away from God and not understand why your life don't look right. There's no word. So when I thought about, okay, we're supposed to change our mind to line up with the word of God. How do you do that? if you barely see the word of God. A couple minutes in church is not going to do it because the grind will get you. So that can't be it. It can't just be church. So that means, so what the enemy, when the Bible says the enemy, when he starts stirring up craziness in your life and drama in your life, The Bible says he comes for a specific reason. And what is that? The word's sake. Because he knows without the word of God in your life, there is no cleaning happening. Which gives him more opportunity to use you in the wrong ways. Your flesh starts getting strong, growing. You don't even recognize yourself anymore. Things you would have said no to at one point, you don't say no no more. The line that you drew, you, you see yourself, instead of walking away from that line, coming closer to it with reasoning. Because the word of God, the cleansing stopped happening. So you can have the Holy Spirit in your everyday life. Still feel far away from God. Because you are not taking the word of God seriously. God calls you his anointed. This is one of the the designations God gives his kids, us. And I think it's one of the hardest ones to accept. You're anointed. Oh, that word sound all dramatic and stuff too, anointed. Because when a lot of times we think about anointing, we'll think about somebody like me, a pastor, someone designated in a church office, even worship people singing praise and worship because you can sense the anointing stir up in the room. That's because of the hearts they have when they say the words. Same thing you get when you at home by yourself. The heart you have when you say the words, you can feel them the same way. It's stronger because there's a lot of hearts. There's a corporate anointing. That's what that means. But I think individually, one of the struggles we have is feeling like we are anointed ourselves. Because what will get you? The grind, y'all. Think of your everyday, the busyness, taking care of family, all this stuff. Sometimes we're just too distracted and we forget you're anointed. There's a walk that comes with the anoint. I don't know. But there is one that comes with royalty and that's also a designation you have. It's not what you're working towards. We're not talking about sanctification anymore. 
You don't have to work towards anointing. You're God's anointed. Ephesians 5. No, let's go to Psalms 28. Psalms 28. And this is David speaking, and I love David um, hearing him speak in the word because the book of Psalms, he just has so much confidence in God. But you can also hear his fear. Like he's like, Lord, these enemies surrounding me, they coming for my throat, you know. I got to paraphrase a little bit. They coming for me, where you at? I don't see you nowhere. And then he like, but the Lord is my shelter. I shall not want. Woo! That's us too. He sound like he a little bit off, so do we. One moment, like, God, my rent due. Lord, you see the need of that person over there. Why aren't you showing up the way you're supposed to? And then we're like, and Lord, I still worship you when I praise you. This is we're the same way. People are people. Psalms 28, verse 7. And it says, the Lord is my strength and my impenetrable shield. So you mean if something comes for me, it can't get through? Come on. My heart trusts with unwavering confidence in him, and I am helped. Does God's anointed need help sometimes? Yes. Yes. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices with my song. I shall thank him and praise him. Wait a minute, but a moment ago, David, you needed help. But he is saying there's still a place that my heart and my mind will be until I see the help, and that is with thanks and praise. Goes on to say, the Lord, verse 8, is there un yielding strength oh when you feel weak when you feel like you don't got it together remember if this is your meditation scripture God is my unyielding he doesn't buck my unyielded strength and he is the fortress of salvation to who his anointed Notice the text change. In Psalms, when you're reading through it, you will notice there are times where David is crying out, and then you'll see the text change where God speaks through David. Very clear in Psalms 91 in the last, I think, like four or so scriptures where God starts speaking back. This is one of those times where the text, cha the text changes. Excuse me. He's crying out, and then it says, the Lord is whose? I'm their unyielding strength and he is the fortress of salvation to his he starts declaring out you are God's anointed whether you feel like you need help whether you feel like you got it together or not you are anointed now the anointing can show up in different ways depending on where you are and what you're doing for spiritual gifts, it's obvious. You can, you can see it in a service, a gathering where people have expectations of God, and so they're drawing on God. And that's why inside a building in a church service, you can feel something different that you may not always be able to feel on your own. But the anointing goes with you wherever you go because when you accepted Jesus, you became anointed. You got God Almighty in your heart. Of course you're anointed, but you don't always feel like it. 
You have to choose to reject anything that tells you you're not the anointed of God. You got to let that go. You got to choose it. If you don't choose it, you won't walk in it. And if you don't walk in it, it won't work. Don't let the process of sanctification, the washing with the Holy Spirit and with the soap of the word of God, make you think you're not anointed anymore. You will always be under construction. And you still anointed. There are times you got to tell yourself, and I'm still the righteousness of God. And I'm still called by him. And I'm still anointed, even though I just drank that and I wasn't supposed to because I told God I wouldn't do it again. And I'm still anointed with this cigarette in my hand. Let's go where the enemy likes to play. Every bad habit you got, he tries to rub it in your face. Every piece of guilt, he tries to make you pay for it. God does it. He does. You are still who he says you are no matter what you've done. It's a designation. Lord, have mercy. You are chosen by God. Another one. You're chosen. That's why when folks say, you know, I don't know what my purpose is and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing here. You're chosen whether you recognize why you're on earth or not. It's a designation you have because you are God's child. Let's go to Revelations. Revelation 17. And we know in this book, there's so much prophecy. It's overflowing. Pretty much it's, it's the whole book. But it prophesies and talks about the last days. And there are certain declarations that are made about God's people in the book of Revelations. Some of it's hard to follow if you haven't studied the Bible thoroughly. Um, and I haven't studied it like the book of Revelation so thoroughly that I know what every single scripture and every single. But there are passages that I am very clear on. And this is one of them. Chapter 17. And we're going to go to verse 14. And it says. There will. They will wage war against the Lamb, Christ. This is an end-time prophecy. The Lamb, one of the most gentlest animals of all time, is all it took. The Lamb will triumph and conquer them because he is what? Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And those who are with him and on his side are called the what? Chosen, elect, and what? Faithful. Faithfulness is up to you. Being chosen or elect is a designation. You are chosen by God. A lot of times we don't feel like we can fight in any battle. We don't feel like we can, we don't feel prepared. You know, it's something that I, I say to myself, if I ever feel, find myself kind of like getting off on my own, like walk with God, because we're people with designations and spiritual gifts or whatever, but we still have to do the work just like you. So something I say to myself is I never, it's kind of one of those sentences that kind of checks me. 
I never want to be in a place to where the enemy can take me out with one blow. If I lost my mom tragically, God forbid. My husband lost his father or a family member, God forbid. Kids. Could he get me with one blow? Have I removed myself from the sanctification process of getting in the word for me, not just for you? See, it's a cop-out. Some people are like, how can pastors commit suicide, this and that? If all we do is get in the word for you, we're dying. We got a double duty and, and fight to make sure we are engaging the way we should in the word for ourselves and for you. So if I remove the word of God and the sanctification process in my own life, I'm subject to the same thing as anyone else, despite the gift, anointing, or whatever. We all got the same work. So if I find myself removing myself from that process, quickly I feel as if I am not chosen by God. You don't feel like you have been set apart. You don't feel, and with rejection and stuff and grinding this, the life that you have will try to take everything you got. So how do you remind yourself of who you actually are? You know how folks will say, oh, you're supposed to fake it till you make it. And some folks be like, I ain't fake. I ain't fake. I ain't going to act like, you know, I'm just all that good because. But what if you don't feel like what God says you are? What if you look fake because you keep showing up to church, but your life is crazy? Oh, you fake. You go to that church. You suppose people will say all kinds of stuff. You got to say what God says. You got to agree with what God's word says. Even if it's your own kids challenging you. Oh, God coming. Especially when they're old enough to have a little bit of sense. You know, preteens, teenagers, they think they know. And sometimes they be the main one. Hey, you know what, Lord? But you have to continue to say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed by God, which means I have what it takes to get through this, and I have what it takes to be great, and I have what it takes to keep showing up in front of God no matter how I feel. I'm chosen by God. The fact that I even know who he is, even if I haven't accepted him yet, the fact that I know of who he is is a chosen type of thing. I'm aware. Now, God says before he comes back, everyone will be aware of who he is. Everyone may not choose him back. But if you've accepted Jesus, you've chosen him. You are now chosen. You are elect. There's a walk with being elect. Let's go to Acts 9. Acts 9, last passage of scripture. You know what? I'm switching it. Let's go to Ephesians 2 for sake of time. Ephesians 2. I need you to know that you are protected. Protected is a designation for God's children. 
And sometimes this is the hardest, one of the hardest designations in God to accept because you may know of something tragic that's happened to someone else who also was God's chosen and anointed. So sometimes we struggle. Well, God, how are they not protected? Let me tell you one of the ways I think about that. That water, that Holy Spirit that's inside of us, he's always leading and guiding us. It's one of the ways you know God hasn't left you. You still feel him. You feel conviction when you do something wrong. You feel like you still feel him there guiding you to great. And sometimes when we stop using soap, even though we're chosen and anointed, we're blind. We get real blind and we can't see. So I find myself unable to say, God, why didn't you? I don't know what their real life is like. I don't know how much they talk to and listen to God. I don't know. I can't say what God Almighty should have done. I can't. Not me. Everyone has their own individual responsibility. Who am I to now say, God, you should have. All you've done that is not my place. And I hope you can adopt and accept that as well. Ephesians 2, verse 6, it says, And raised us up together with him. This is us talking about Jesus Christ has raised us up together with him. And seated us where? With him in heavenly realms. So you mean supernaturally. That spiritual world that I cannot see. I am seated in heavenly places. You mean I am above it all? Yes. Now, you don't feel above it all a lot of times. When I say above it all, I'm not talking about arrogance. We know God detests arrogance and pride. He don't like it. I'm talking about the things in life that try to come for you. If you step into your designation of being seated next to Jesus in heavenly realms, there's an authority that comes along with that designation. How often do you actually take authority like the righteousness of God you are? Again, don't let your sanctification process trip you up to thinking you still don't have authority in your life. Yes, you do. You are God's anointed. Walk in the authority he died to give you. What does that mean in every day? That means if I am um, at work, let me think of something real bad that happened. Oh, man, one time I had this coworker, and I know this lady was racist. She did not like me. And one time, and actually she was a, a higher up in the company too, and I was early in my career. And one time she came to me and she even said, you probably don't even have a care in the world. Mad because this young brown girl is whatever. Now, for me, I got a choice. What am I going to do with that? Am I going to let this lady's rejection dominate my thoughts to where when I'm leaving work, yeah, I may have to fume, call my mom. Oh, mom, this happened today. Okay. And then after that, what am I going to do with it? I'm worried about it going to sleep, worrying about it at home, snapping at the kids because I feel this thing. I don't let it take my mood. Da -da -da. Where is chosen anointed and all of that? 
You see? So the balance of it is at some point you have to choose to step into it. I am seated in heavenly places. I am in God's army. So right now, I speak to my work environment. And I come against anything that would try to destroy me, which God has said I am protected from. That is using your authority. That's not succumbing to the foolishness that is happening around you. God, you have called me. And so now, even though this is hurting me, I am rejected because he wants honesty. And I feel up under this thing, God, I ask you right now to give me a spirit of freedom in a place where I feel bound. Walk in your heavenly designation. Say something. Royalty commands, decrees, and speaks. Say something. You were given scripture today, and even these couple of scriptures we have gone over is enough, especially if you read the whole chapter, woo, it's enough for you to at least walk away with, I am chosen by God. I'm anointed, I'm protected, and I am seated in heavenly places. I'm above all this, not in arrogance. It's because God calls me his own. That is who you are. And don't you let nothing make you feel like you're not. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter if they lied on you. You are still God's chosen. You are still his anointed and don't let nothing rob you. Do you? Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.